My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on today's programme by Per Otterson, the CEO at Artificial Solutions. Um, Artificial Solutions is a multinational technology company that develops tech for conversational AI systems. Uh, Per, very warm welcome to yourself today and thanks for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure having you with us. Thank you very much, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's going to be good fun to see how we can help together to run the company, the, the country better as the country of the UK. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, just for those listeners that uh, might not be familiar with yourself and Artificial Solutions, first and foremost, um, in your own words, uh, what is it that you specialise in and what is it that the business does? Absolutely. So we help our customers and partners create a world without queues, without keypad navigation, and with instant service. That's our how. And and we do this by empowering the customers to connect the business systems directly to their customers, leveraging the latest AI tech to enable that to happen in natural language. So you speak in natural language and you get actions from computers on the other side. And there's a a very large implementation where uh, I suspect that most people that have a phone or a computer in the UK will be interacting with the system within the next 12 months. Not allowed to say what it is, but it's something that touches just about everybody in the UK. At least if you look at the volumes of calls that they have, it touches everybody in the UK. So uh, definitely something that's happening right now, and is very much right now. It's voice based. So you would call a system today. You could say Telefonica Germany, for example. You call into Telefonica Germany, and you speak to a bot, and the bot helps you with whatever customer request, service request that you might have. So um, that, that's our area of expertise, and we've done that for 22 years. The latest version, the one that actually works in voice and in big call centers, mm. where we are the leader in the world, um, we have the largest implementations by far in that space. Uh, that's been since 2021, so fairly new development, and it's a SaaS-based platform, software as a service. Yeah, fantastic. And um, when we think about software as a service, I suppose you could say, couldn't you, that the the wider aim of it is to essentially improve the customer experience by making business more efficient. But but by doing that, you also improve the experience of the employee, don't you? You make their life easier in using technology. And so there's benefits on both sides. Um, Would you say that the two, therefore, are intrinsically connected, both sort of the customer experience and the employee experience? I mean, they're definitely intrinsically connected. And then the question is how you connect it from a tech perspective. And anybody who's flown United Airlines knows that uh, uh, with staff that are unhappy with what they do, they're going to make you unhappy and miserable as a customer, uh, which means that you're not going to choose them the next time around. Uh, This, of course, you can see this in all walks of life and all sorts of customers, customer interactions. When you have unhappy customers, you usually also have unhappy employees, and which comes first, you're not never quite sure about. But in our world, this is very important because you could get an AI system like this deployed and have it be like uh, the enemy Mm. of uh, the employees. And if you go down that path, then you're certainly not creating a better customer experience, and it has to be all about customer experience. Customers don't want to wait in line. Customers don't want to get press one for invoice, press two for sport, press three. And by, by the time you get to seven, you forgot what two was, which was probably the one you needed to press, and you just end up pressing anything. 
And, and employees don't want to get that customer that's now upset because that's how they came in. Mm. So they then get impacted as well. And if you do get there and the employee is rude, then uh, obviously your customer experience sucks anyway. So yeah, they're intrinsically very, very dependent on each other. And they're very, very difficult to, it, it takes a lot of change management to strategically link these two together. Yeah, and um, just digressing for a moment, I suppose one of the uh, the problems with um, when you're bringing sort of AI and looking to leverage technology is the uh, the misconception around it. Because I suppose it's easy for an employee to think that you know automation is here to ultimately take their job. So that's kind of the um, the, the sort of mentality that needs addressing, isn't it? Trying to sort of do away with the uh, the misconceptions around artificial intelligence in this way. Absolutely, and if you, if you look at today's world, there are jobs out there that don't make people happy. Uh, so for example, meeting an angry customer online because the customer has been waiting for three and a half hours yeah. for a simple change of address or a simple thing that really should have been sold in, in seconds and, and minutes. That, that of course, uh, creates a, a negative environment for the employee. So you have to somehow see how this interacts and how this actually helps the employee to do the things which provide a positive experience for both the customer and the employee. And we think that we find that balance. So you take the example of freeing up resource. Most companies today, uh, the people that do the type of customer care we're talking about, phone, WhatsApp, messaging, email, most of those people are quite knowledgeable about your company, uh, which means that they should really be having the conversations with the more difficult cases where you know, somebody's totally messed up, the two invoices are sent to the wrong place, or they ordered an iPhone 14, but really they got an iPhone 12, or the things where it's really gone wrong. Uh, in those cases, that's where the employees really need to get engaged. And if you can bridge that and make sure that people understand that it's not about reducing uh, the amount of staff, it's about reducing the wait times and reducing the amount of customers that come in with a negative attitude, then I think it's uh, it's quite possible to have both happy employees and happy customers in this process. Mm -hmm. So Spain, I don't know if you've seen this, but Spain is actually looking to pass a law which says you cannot wait more than five minutes uh, if you call WhatsApp or message a uh, or chat a uh, customer, a vendor of yours. So let's say you want to get in touch with Telefonica in Spain. If you wait more than five minutes, then you can, then Telefonica would be fined. Mm -hmm. uh, so then. It's sort of really getting there when people are getting upset about or having to install an app and learning the app before they can get service and so forth. Yeah, quite fantastic. It's some initiative, isn't it? And quite a brave one as well that Spain's bringing in there. And like I say, hopefully uh, for their sake, it does uh, it does come off quite well. Um, so when we're talking about this, when business leaders, I guess, are looking to kind of really leverage technology and are bringing AI into their operations, we've established that they should be seeking to improve both the employee experience and the customer experience, trying to sort of better both is going to be critical, isn't it? Because we've talked about them both almost being symbiotic with each other. I mean, if one is suffering while the other is doing well, then eventually it's going to bring the whole thing down, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and since the AI will never be able, or at least in the near term, will not be able to manage all the processes. So mm -hmm. there, there was this man from Google who said all of a sudden their AI was sentient. Now that's just not true. That's not at all where we are at this point. So the humans are much, much better at all the stuff that has to do with customer care. Uh, that means that there's an interface between the AI and the, and the person. 
the, the staff or the, the employee. And, and that interface has to provide value to the employee. And if it doesn't do that, then you're not going to get there. So I would start my project in that segment. And the biggest, biggest failure that you could do is to start a small test project which infuriates customers. And I have this great example of, um, of the Swiss airline Swiss, mm. which used to be called Swiss Air. They went bankrupt, so they lost the AIR, uh, which is now owned by Lufthansa. So Swiss have put a chatbot into place, which they did a lot of promotion about. And I'm quite often in Zurich, and I'm also quite often in Seattle, since Microsoft is our, is our biggest partner. Actually, we were the ISV of the year at Microsoft. So we are maybe the partner of Microsoft. Depends on how you look at it. But um, uh, so, so I go to that chatbot, and I say, I want to fly direct from Zurich to Seattle. What options do you have? It's a very you know, a great question if you're an airline. You want to fly people over the Atlantic without co-chairing with others and stuff. And the response is always something quite out of the blue. And uh, I did it this morning. I said, I'm briefly looking for more information. I found the following info for you. The service center does not answer. It's like, what? Mm. What does that even mean? So now I'm already a bit infuriated. So don't start with a small project and, you know, add two people to it and hope that it's going to it's gonna become something that, that provides value. That's not the way it is. So. Start with looking at how do I provide value to my employees in this process by using AI and automation. And then you, you have to roll out a much larger project. That's exactly it, isn't it? Because um, the, the reason why employee experience is so integral to AI being used properly is because it's the employees that are the ones that are going to be using the technology. And the technology, as we've said, isn't going to be able to handle absolutely everything, certainly in its um, sort of infancy, is it? So it's the employees, it's the humans that know how to do the interactive side of things better that are going to have to step in and cover the shortfalls. And that's why, you know, it's it's important that there's, that both parties are involved, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and both parties are... Uh, so you also need to include the customer mm. or the customer perspective in your project, which is also quite key. Uh, and either you have the data for it, which some customers do, or you're going to have to collect the data about this and how customers want to interact with you to understand that and, and, and what's happening. Or you go live with the project and you very quickly get all that data, analyze it, and start working the process from there. But it's really key to, to look at the customer perspective and the employee perspective. But I would start with the employee handoff. Mm. What's the employee handoff? What's the interface to the employee? That's, that's a really key, key thing for this to be a positive project. Yes, I suppose when you think about what steps businesses can take to actually sort of improve satisfaction on both sides, I mean, that's one of the first things you consider. I mean, what is the interface? What is the interaction with the employee going to look like? Is it easy to use? Is it convenient? And obviously with the speed that they can do things, is that going to ultimately benefit the end user, which is the customer? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And um, in terms of practical examples of application, of course, you are a business that provides software as a service. So is there anything that you've implemented that is a good example of how AI can be applied across the spectrum? So it's a benefit to both the customer and also the uh, the employee who's using that technology. I think one of the easiest things is using it in customer care in, in a call center environment. Because mm. when you do that, you first you cut the customer queue. So we saw from Swisscom, for example, that uh, talking to the bot, there's an 18 point transactional NPS improvement versus talking to a human. So if you uh, 
if you deploy this technology and it responds immediately and you get to talk natural language to the system and not have to push one, two, three, four, or you know, say a, like a in the voice very clearly or something, mm. then, um, then the customer already feels appreciated. And if the system does not have the automated process to solve your problem now, simple things like uh, changing address or ordering the new iPhone, getting a new data plan, or, or just moving things between accounts or booking a meeting, those things, they can be automated. But if it's more complex, you'll be handed off. And in that interface, you have to make sure then that the human that takes over gets all the data that the customer submitted. And that's where you provide value to the employee and to the customer, uh, which means you need a deep integration into your system to be able to, um, to have this work. So it's a, it's a large project, but then on the other hand, if you have a couple of million calls coming in per month, and we have now several customers that have hundreds of thousands of calls per day, when you have that amount of calls coming in, <laughs> the value of that is very high too, because mm. you now have customers cutting wait times from three hours or, or even 20 minutes to, to seconds. And that's going to be very, very uh, impactful on your customer satisfaction scores. So that's that's the most impactful use case we've seen so far. Um, our technology is used uh, to sell cars. It's used in uh, TV boxes. It's used uh, for smart home automation. But the really big impact on both employee and customer is in that customer care environment, the complex center. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. And um, like I say, when it all comes together properly, I mean, the the impact for both the customer and the, and the employee is absolutely fantastic. I mean, we've seen, um, I was actually speaking to somebody on this um, on this particular podcast about um, an AI application that they'd, um, that they'd seen where they had basically leveraged the technology to push out a promotional offer to somebody who was going and looking for like a new pair of shoes, for instance. Um, but then what's the customer going to think if they then go to their local store and want to use that promotion only to find that the item in particular is not in stock and you can actually leverage the AI to make sure that you also have the stockpile there to make sure that when a customer goes forward, they can actually get the product that they're looking for. So sometimes is it easy for AI to essentially almost come a, come a little bit blocky in the sense that, you know, one thing can work really, really well, but maybe you've not sort of leveraged it across the whole of the business. And so there's a little bit of disjointedness there. And that's a trap that some businesses might fall into quite often. Absolutely, Scott. I would say that we're now in the third generation of what we call conversational AI. Mm. So we launched our third generation platform in uh, mid-2021. The generations before that were not typically not integrated enough to the backend systems and difficult to, mm. to continually enhance. But you didn't really have a team working to enhance the solution. And um, so in this environment today, you need to have a constant uh, improvement loop where humans get sort of the, uh, the mistriggers, the, the mistakes that the systems make has to go back to humans. And you have to connect the system to absolutely all your backend systems. So you you cannot have a conversation unless you're connected to the supply chain system or the order order ordering system. If you don't know the stock, then how can you even have a discussion? If you don't know what the customers ordered before, or what the customer should be paying, or what the customer's current plan is, then you can have a, a a real discussion with the customer. And this is the problem that many customer many companies have done. And I would even argue that in the UK it's more prevalent because the UK was very early in deploying this technology and you have a lot of cases out there where 
the experience might look good, but it's really not. It's really disconnected, uh, and that really uh, that really uh, turns customers off. That's exactly it, isn't it? And um, when sort of the UK has been a trailblazer and bringing in the early stage of the technology, it can be hard to then build onto that, can't it? And that's obviously a problem that a lot of business leaders are maybe having to uh, to try and deal with now because where AI gets really clever, as we've talked about, is when you can connect it from sort of the customer-facing side of the business right to the back end. So like just citing the example that I mentioned with the um, the promotional for, for a pair of shoes, for instance, the customer gets their promotion, they can go into the uh, the shop um, at a time of their choosing or go online, they can purchase it um, in any manner that they choose and they know they're going to be able to get that product and then for not just satisfaction but also retention rates, that's going to be huge, yeah. isn't it? So the, the, the commercial value for businesses in trying to get this technology right, I mean, you can't understate that. Absolutely. You can't understand that. And, and there's so many cases where you get it wrong and you actually you actually provided a worse experience than you were before you implemented the system. And and that obviously is detrimental. I mean, the, the Swiss Air or Swiss mm. example that I have here, obviously, at the end of the day, if I have to fly to Seattle, it might be the only airline, but it's not going to be my first pick after this. It's just not the experience you're looking for. I mean, why did I go in there? Why did I put all that information in there, click on all this to get the service center doesn't answer? It makes no sense, right? And uh, that, that's, you, you cannot you cannot promise something and then provide nothing. That's, mm. uh, that's going to hurt your customer experience. It certainly is. And I suppose if we're looking to try and provide like a practical solution to that problem, I mean, you've obviously got to equip the AI first and foremost to be able to pull up the available flights and link them to the client first and foremost. But if there is an inability for for the AI technology to resolve the query, that's when obviously you've got to make sure that they are very, very promptly put forward to like a human um, agent who is going to then sort of essentially elevate that query and then be able to um, address it to sort of keep that customer experience as good as possible. Right. And in this case, the, the response is the service, the service center does not answer, no proposal fits, and that's it. And there's not mm-hmm. even a, a new, you know, there's, there's no way to back up or anything. That's just it. We're done. Uh, and uh, again, that's, that's second or maybe even first generation. I'm not sure what technology is behind this, but that's, the implementation that you would see uh, maybe in the 2010s, 2015, and and exactly to your point, Scott, the UK has always been, uh, sort of after the whole internet boom in the late 1990s, uh, the UK has always been very early on innovation. Mm. So if you, if, you, if you go to Germany, many of them are doing their first implementations of this type of technology now. Uh, and of course, then they missed the first two not so good iterations. And uh, so Telefonica in Germany, for example, the system that they have, which is built on our third generation, gives great customer experience and employee experience. Uh, but uh, in the UK, you have a lot of people who might be, might feel that they, uh, uh, that they uh, lost out on something and just don't feel like trying again. Mm. And that's incidentally the, the case I mentioned where most people or maybe even all people in the UK is going to be talking to the system. Uh, that is within the sort of public space because the RFP process in the public space has meant that you haven't really gone into the same sort of traps of a simple chatbot or a, or a simple system. Mm. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And it just goes to show, I suppose, that there is benefit, isn't there, in kind of biding your time with innovation. I mean, seeing what kind of comes out and sort of almost running a diagnostic of the problems of kind of like the early um, the early versions and then sort of bringing it forward and building on that. And that seems to be what Europe's done very, very well. And um, they're reaping the benefits of that now. And obviously the U- what the UK needs to do is essentially just look at, obviously, the pitfalls of the, uh, the early stage of the technology and then, again, kind of do the same, just work to improve it because it, we're we're in a constant state of flux with um, artificial intelligence and that ultimately is what innovation is all about it's trial and error and it's constant improvement yeah absolutely and a constant improvement i think is the is the real key there this is not a project no project in ai is a project where you are done mm. that's not the way it works that's not the way this it's not like delivering a car model and saying this is the one we're going to be shipping now for six years it's more like the Tesla approach. Tesla is, of course, an AI-driven company. Uh, I mean, Teslas change all the time. If you buy a Tesla and you get it shipped today, or you get it shipped in two weeks, they're not the same product. Uh, and that's how you need to look at this too. Exactly right. Constant improvement, constant development, and even as leaders as well, we're never a, uh, a finished article, I think it's fair to say, and you can look at technology in exactly the same way. And uh, as we think about the uh, the future, uh, Pear, just before we uh, we wrap up on the, today's programme, uh, for Artificial uh, Solutions, your business, um, are there any kind of key milestones or goals that you've set your sights on between sort of now and, say, let's say, the end of next year? Yeah, so our key goal is to get a billion phone call chat messages in a year done because that's when we really impact people. We impact employees and we impact customers. As we have thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of calls uh, per day today, but we want to get to that one billion uh, a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's our that's our goal. If you look at our current usage and how that's growing from when we launched this platform in mid 2021. We think we can reach that uh, towards the end of next year, so end of 2023. And then we think we have a real material impact on people's happiness, which is ultimately ultimately our goal. Fantastic ambitions. And I do certainly wish you all the luck in the world in really executing those uh, aims to uh, full effect. And I think it would be great perhaps to uh, welcome you back onto the podcast in future when we see just sort of how close you are to hitting or even surpassing those goals, just to sort of catch up on the current situation and see how things are really coming along for you. And just for those listeners as well that uh, do feel like uh, the issues that we've discussed today do particularly resonate with their business you can leave a comment um, on the leaders council podcast via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us and you're also able to apply to beyond the program if you have your own perspective to add to the discussion via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply as well uh pair once more thanks for joining us on the uh, the program today and uh, do take care and uh, i'm sure we'll catch up in the future brilliant scott thank you very much for inviting me and to everybody listening into the podcast today, um, I do hope that you thoroughly enjoyed the interview with Pear Otterson today, CEO at Artificial Solutions. Um, I've been your host, as always, on this um, episode of the Leaders Council podcast, Scott Chaloner today. And until next time, please do take care all and goodbye.